Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to a special edition of Today's Issues. I say special edition because we normally have a lot of fun here on Learning University on Fridays, uh, but because of what happened yesterday in Afghanistan, 13 American uh, uh, thirteen American servicemen were killed. May have been some service women involved there. I don't, I don't know. Were killed. They were murdered by suicide bombers. And then there were over nearly 100 Afghanis were killed. And it was horrific. Uh, that didn't even begin to describe it. The scenes from from the airport there yesterday where that happened. So what we decided to do was just open up the phone lines and particularly wanted to hear from veterans. Uh, and even more particular than that, uh, those who served in Afghanistan or have family members who've served in Afghanistan. Right. Head back to the phones. All right, we go to Iowa, and Mark is on the line. Mark, uh, welcome to this special edition of Today's Issues. What would you like to say? Well, good morning. Good Good morning. morning. I want to point out that uh, earlier, before the the hour, you mentioned how long it took the Biden administration to respond to this attack on our uh, Marines and uh, and I want, to, I want to point out that they did the same thing with Benghazi. They simply had no way of, they just, they just, they have no way of responding rapidly and, and in time. They just sit back and they think, well, what are we going to do now? The other point I want to mention is everyone seems to forget is the fact that we did not go into Afghanistan to nation build. In October of 2001, President Bush gave Afghanistan the ultimatum of handing over Osama bin Laden and his lieutenants, and they refused. And that is why we went into Afghanistan. Now, in May 2nd of 2011, SEAL Team 6 went into Pakistan and killed Osama bin Laden. And when Osama bin Laden died, our mission in Afghanistan ended, and we should have started pulling our troops out on May 3rd of 2011. And those are my two points. Have a great day. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's been a lot of discussion for 20 years about it because it's the same kind of thing in Iraq. You know, is this is it possible to nation build, especially in an area? We're not talking about Europe after World War II, which is already westernized. We're talking about an area, part of the world that has no foundational principles or ideas that would cause democracy or a republic to flourish and and i think we i think that a lot of people have said that's not possible or even modernize i mean they're 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 tribal people uh afghanistan is not really a quote country in the sense that it's you know like a canada or the united states or mexico it's uh, just a bunch of tribes of different kinds of people Uh, not uh, but uh, so to to, to I, I don't know what happened. I don't know to to the to our caller's question commented why why we didn't leave uh, after we killed Bin Laden. I think there was a desire or a belief that at the very least we could stabilize things there 
and if he was uh, supported the Karzai uh, government at that time, that perhaps they would, and we helped build up their military. Yeah. There was a hope right. that that would be they would be a, an ally. There would be a buffer zone at least from the Taliban coming back in, and it, it would be an American, a stable American ally in the Middle East. Yeah, that was the hope. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, back to the phones. All right, we go to Texas. And Kenneth is on the line. Kenneth, welcome to the program. What would you like to say? Uh, good morning. How are you hearing me right now? Just just fine, Kenneth. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I've been in and out of the office. I uh, didn't know you guys were doing this. We listen to you guys, uh, well, pretty much all the time, but uh, especially Fridays because we're both trivia buffs, uh, my boss and I. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, however, yeah, no, thank you guys, and thank you for what you do. I appreciate it. Uh, I've been listening to you well pretty much since i got back to my hometown of tyler texas uh, back in 2018 and working here but uh yeah i i tried to call in yesterday of course it was busy i sent a quick email to kind of clarify some things about the whole uh suicide bomber phenomenon how that came to be historically speaking uh but uh Today, I walked into the office after uh, coming back from the plot of where I was printing up some blueprints. Uh, my boss told me, hey, man, they're taking calls from veterans from Afghanistan. You need to call in. So I'm not sure what all you want to know. I'm not sure what I can add to it. It probably hasn't already been covered by other callers. I would say the caller before me, Mark, thank you for uh, stating what you did. I agree 100 um, percent. That, that's the only other caller I was able to catch. Um, but if I do repeat anything you've already heard, it, 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 at least you know there's a consensus among those who served there. Is there anything in particular that well, you would like to know right now? Kenneth, so you served in Afghanistan with the military, is that correct? I did. Uh, I, I've, I've served through two wars. The global war on terrorism was my second war. I'm in my 50s. I have uh, adult children, one of whom followed my, my footsteps into being a combat medic for the United States Army. Uh, I served in Afghanistan and Iraq on back-to-back deployments uh, as a, a, a medic in the United States Infantry, uh, non-commissioned officer in Afghanistan, um, and uh, with the 2nd Battalion, 35th Infantry Regiment, uh, 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 25th Light Infantry Division. All right, Kenneth, let me let me ask you this, and, and uh, uh, we, we were talking about nation-building. From your experiences in Afghanistan— was there ever a likelihood that we could have turned that nation into a functioning democracy or republic? Uh, was that was that a reasonable strategy in that part of the world? What, what, what was your take on that? In my own personal opinion, based on my own personal experience, multiple deployments, multiple places, mostly in the what we call the RC East, or Regional Command East, in the mountains, the Hindu Kush mountains, where we were playing uh, uh, hide-and-go-seek with uh, uh, insurgents who would uh, live and, and do their business in the federally administered tribal areas of western Pakistan where we couldn't reach them and wait for them to filter in to, uh, you know, uh, perform nefarious acts on our side of the border in Afghanistan. It is, pl- it is possible, but highly, highly unlikely, not what I would consider plausible. You have to understand the people with whom you're working with. You have to understand the culture of Islam, okay? You have uh, uh, people who are born into and raised into a, a religion that fits the definition of a death cult, that is every bit as oppressive and dictating as any communist regime 
but with a religious slant more than just the typical cult of personality you would have with uh, Chairman Mao or Lenin or Stalin. Okay, You have something here that pro- actually, uh, instead of stating religion is opiate of the peoples, it promises paradise if you do one and one thing only, because as I stated in my email yesterday, there is no guarantee that as a perfect Muslim, you will get to go to paradise. So, so-called merciful Allah can still send you to Iblis or their version of Satan. Okay. Now, uh, as I stated before, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to rehash the email. You can look it up. I'm, I don't want to waste your time. Okay. But the uh, right now, that with the you know with the advent of uh, you know what happened in the Iran Iraq War that I covered in that email, you had the advent of the idea of martyrdom. That became the only known guarantee in uh, Dar al Islam or the House of Islam to uh, gain access to paradise and the afterlife. That whole culture is geared towards the manner of their death. All of the stuff that dictates how they live is geared towards the manner of their death in the hopes that they can uh, escape a 13th century lifestyle and enter into a paradise. It's, uh, okay. it's, it's very much geared towards that. Democracy is almost but not quite antithetical to that. And so – uh, and I was, you know, and I, for instance, in Iraq, I was there to help guard and support their first elections. And, and you know, the, all the citizens were happy, especially the women. They had a voice. But what kind of voice? It, 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 you know, picture a Muslim version of democracy. How would that work? Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank brother. you, Kenneth. Uh, very obviously, very knowledgeable. Yeah, and, absolutely. And having served over there, that's why I, I like to hear what people who've been over there have to say. And uh, thank you for for that uh, that insight. All right, we go to Texas and Aretta or Arita. Um, do, do how, how did I mispronounce your name? It's Rayetta. Rayetta. Okay, I'm sorry. Welcome to today's issues. What would you like to say, uh, Rietta? Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate you guys. I listen to you a lot, and God bless you. Um, I would like to say that I think that we should have got our, our people out of there first. I think that they should have been the very first ones to come home. And I'm I'm sad that um, all those people died over there, especially the little children, the innocents that they're killing right and left. That's very sad. And um, I've been praying for all those people over there, and I hope that God hears our prayer and um, yeah. lets everything work out some way, somehow. I don't know how, but God's in it, so that's all we have to go to is the Lord. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. Thank you. Thank you, Rietta. And of course, yeah. we do. Tim, you mentioned it earlier in the program. Uh, we always rely on our listeners to be men and women of prayer. When we cover issues, you know, Fridays, as we've said, is normally lighthearted. We have fun, but Monday through Thursday, and then through other programming on AFR, yeah. folks, you hear about a lot of things happening. Um, let me just encourage you: pick one thing. If if if, if it's all overwhelming, pick one thing or one story or one person a day that you pray for. And if everyone does that, we'll cover the whole thing. It doesn't all fall on your shoulders. We don't want our people to be overwhelmed by the evil that's happening in the world. God hears your prayers. And so just pick one thing a day and pray for that. Uh, By the way, uh, 
the plight of the Christians in Afghanistan is something we're going to talk about next week uh, when we get more information. I know Glenn Beck is doing uh, heading up sort of a rescue mission for those over in um, Afghanistan, Christians over in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, because they they are in the minority of the minority. Yes. You know, so we'll 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 very tenuous. We need to remember existence. to cover that angle of it next uh, next week. You're listening to today's issues, and we go next where Ed. Well, we go uh, back to Texas, and Mike is on the line. Mike, welcome to the program. What would you like to say? Well, number one, I'm going to offer you an old timey uh, take on this thing. I'm. Uh, Vietnam veteran there, 68-69. I was on the general staff. I commanded uh, tank platoons and, and as an advisor to Vietnamese soldiers and infantry uh, tactics and weapons, etc. And it was in some pretty thick stuff. Not that a whole lot of other people weren't in similar or worse situation than I was in. But here's the thing. And I don't want to... Monday, uh, shoot the shoot the quarterback Biden. Uh, with this is the way we should have done it, but uh, he 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 has an example uh, of ever since he's been in in office that uh, we we know what he's capable of, which is not a lot, and his advisors are not a lot. They got their own agenda, but what I would like to say is that. In Vietnam, you know, we won all the battles and lost the war. You know, that hasn't changed since then and probably even before then. I guess the same thing with Korea. I don't know. But uh, when we go into some place, when that first drop of blood is shed, you can't fix anything until you fix it with war situations. And then you can get on the table and, and talk about things. But I hate it uh, as an American and a veteran. Uh, my family has, has goes back all the way to the Revolutionary War forward. Uh, and and uh, they've all served their country. And this is what I hate. I know we've got great people serving as usual, but we have lousy politicians you know, yeah, and and uh, it's just a shame that we're having to uh, end this thing on a yeah. note like that. That's going to be etched in our memory forever, and I think it's it's going to have a, a bad uh, effect on our American psyche. Yeah, of uh, where we've been and now where we are. Thank you, Mike. So, Appreciate it. Thank okay. you for your service, my friend. Yeah. Hey, uh, just uh, an observation too that I have probably shared by a lot of people. And that is, uh, while we have great respect for our United States military, uh, still, there's my confidence level slipped here because if our uh, top military brass didn't know that the, that the country was going to fall in the hands of the Taliban so fast, That that's quite disturbing, because the President Biden and General Miley, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
they said they're basically saying we had no clue that this was going to happen. And I'm thinking, you have no contingency plan? Isn't the military all about contingency plans? Yeah. You have no contingency plan? Should this happen? What will we do? That just seems to have not been in the in the mix. That that bothers me, I guess, from a just a, a citizen observing our military going, wow, been in Afghanistan for 20 years, and you didn't know that this was going to – the potential for this happening was great. I don't know. That's just one person's uh, view of this. Go ahead. Well, I, I, let me just say this, and then, Fred, you can jump in. I, I don't know. You know you're talking about uh, Mark uh, – General Mark Milley. My, how do you pronounce this? Miley? Miley. 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 Okay. Um, I, I think it's I, Miley. Anyway. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how much politics enters into a statement like that from the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You know, the, uh, politicians, you know, we had the last caller from the Vietnam, Mark was his name. Uh, we, you know, politicians run the military, which is good. It's controlled by civilians. But I wonder whether there were generals who said, I don't think the Afghan military can hold up. And then they were told, well, you're not going to say that because the president has decided we're pulling out August 31st. And so we want to make sure we uh, put a a brave face on this or, or I don't know. I don't know how much politics entered into it. And then you have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff coming out and saying, well, we didn't know because maybe he's protecting the president. Well, I think we have a hint leading up to this over the last three or four months. We had Miley, Millie, we had the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, saying, I agree with the president. We need to introduce critical race theory across the branches of our military. That's a political thing. Yeah. But he made that a priority. Also, uh, Austin, the Joint Chiefs, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, we're all in on this idea of hunting down people in the military who have points of view, political points of view that we disagree with. Now, they came out publicly and said that. Now, in my mind, that is a purely political thing, Mr. President, and I can't go along with that. And I go back to what what caller said, I resign. I am not going to go out there and say, Across the board in our military, we need to indoctrinate our soldiers on critical race theory. They yeah. didn't do that. You're, you're saying maybe politics has taken over to an extent where military expertise is being shoved aside. Absolutely. Or I just want to keep my job because I really like being called Secretary of Defense or Chairman of Joint Chiefs. We said earlier this week on this program, they were tracking the Taliban on their movements coming into the country back in April. Yeah. Back in April, that's four months ago, they knew the Taliban was on the move and they didn't do anything. That would have given them four months to start moving out our people, our military people, and they didn't do it. Well, that's a good point. They they did, and because they were taking over provinces yes. when they started going on the move. Yes, city by capital city by capital city of each province yeah. since April. Next up. All right, we go to Tennessee, and Gary is on the line. Gary, welcome to today's issues. What would you like to say? Um, I served as a chaplain in Kabul, Afghanistan, and first thing I want to say is something an ROTC professor told me years ago when I was in college back in the 80s. 
Is that the only way Russia will defeat the Taliban? I mean, defeat Russia will defeat Afghanistan is if they pave the whole country. And uh, it looks like he was right. Next thing I'd say is uh, when I was over there, you know, I, if I had a nickel, if every time I sneezed, I'd have a whole lot of nickels. Uh, the average age for a man over there is only about 42 because the environment is so bad. And uh, most of the uh, uh, women merchants and interpreters, if they're smart enough to do either one of those tasks, they're trying to get out of the country. I sent a handmade uh, shawl to a, a girl I went to high school with. She wrote me back. Said, I want to send a, a thank you note to the girl that made it. I said, okay, that's fine. Y'all be glad to give you that common information. But you need to know she'll be wanting you to be one of her sponsors. Last thing I'll say is uh, everybody, it's, uh, it told me to see them, the, the Afghanistan people see an American soldier. They don't know how much money they're making. They thought all Americans lived in a white mansion, drove Cadillacs, and, uh, and women wore fancy dresses. And the reason for that is because they all watch reruns of Dallas. Thank yeah. you. All right, all right, Gary, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Well, by by by, by uh, their standard of living, and this is the true of most places in the world, Americans, the poorest Americans are wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by, and we're blessed. We're blessed in that way. Yeah. Because of our forefathers. Right. And, uh, uh, and there and and God obviously and and Christianity the Christian principles that made our country great. That's why people want to come to this country, right? <laughs> right. Everybody wants to get to America, but the left calls it a racist country. Yes, terrible. So I, huh? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we ought to be telling them don't so, don't come because don't we're come. We're, systemic, racist. we're yeah. systemically racist. Why do you want to come here? Right. Uh, which only proves proves uh, that is a false narrative. We're not a systemically racist country. We're right. a good country. Yes. And that's our history, and that's why people want to come here. Is uh, uh, we value human life, we value education, we value uh, each other, and we believe in the rule of law and uh, freedom and liberty and all those things that people yearn for around the world. Last call for the day. All right, we go to Mississippi, and Lee is on the line. Lee, welcome to today's issues, and what would you like to say? Good morning, gentlemen. We thank God for you. Listen, I spent time in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, in the middle of Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. I, I'll tell you something that, that we know that we may not have declared, and that is those nations, part of their purpose is to make sure the gospel never gets inside. It's the, it's the, the underlying war that's going on, and we, I'm talking about we as Americans, went to Saudi Arabia where, where all this ammunition and all these bombs, they told us that the, the other side, Saddam Hussein, was going to annihilate us and kill us. And we went through there and planted gospel tracts in, in schools, in, in church, anywhere that we could get an opportunity, in a grocery store. Take the gospel in Arabic and stick it in between the cornflakes. The gospel got spread in Saudi Arabia in spite of their militant mindset. Hey, we're out of time, Lee. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, That's an appropriate way to end the program. Yeah. We need to. I appreciate Lee and others who have uh, shared the gospel in, in those places when given the opportunity. Sorry, Lee, we're out of time. And I apologize. We apologize to who was it from? Was it 
from North Carolina. Morgan, I think it was. Monica. I Monica. Yeah. Our apologies to Monica from North Carolina. We had to couldn't take her phone call. She'd been waiting a while. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, have a great weekend. Pray for our country. Pray for those families who have to now deal with the loss of life of our servicemen from yesterday. Uh, uh, we'll see you on Monday, everybody. Thank you.